Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 33 for June 23rd, 2016. I'd like to thank our top Patreon supporters. They are Louise Gonzalez, Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather Jimmy DeResta, Nothing? All right. Trust in yeah, Timber. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Sean Petty and Scott Turner. So thank everyone who, uh, who supports. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, I am Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are Tim Sway and Bill Lutz. Guys, what are we working on this week? Well, I, I, you know what? I, I'm excited to say that I've gotten everything, but I, I have to record an intro and outro to my video. And I'm done. It's all edited, just about ready to go. So that's actually kind of cool. So by the time people hear this podcast, it will be watch my video. Watch my video on Wednesday. Oh. That's what. That's what. So I'd like to give a shout out to me, and um, <laughs> and say check out uh, William Lutz on YouTube.com for his latest uh, video, and uh, that's what I'm working on. And I clean my garage. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> He's huge in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that video. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know what video uh, Bill's been talking about, it's been the first video he'll have made this millennia or this decade. And it's about his uh, bearded dragon habitat. And so we're all uh, excited to see that because yeah. there's, there's been a little bit of hype around it. So, <laughs> And I saw the photos, and it's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how you built it because there's actually – you know, usually I look at a picture and I can kind of tell, like, oh, they did that and this and that. But this thing is just so, there's just so much to look at. I can't even take it all in in one photograph. You know, the the, the sad thing is I'm out of practice with the video because I did lose a little bit of footage. Um, mm. There's some of it that's out of sequence, meaning that I always switch things around when I edit to, to go in a storyline. And normally I'll remember what I was wearing, not to have a certain thing in the background. So if I, like on Tuesday, if I film this part and on Wednesday I film this part, I might edit it to show you the Wednesday part first, and it's obvious in the video. There's a couple of those scenes. I mean, it's still in order. Everything you can tell the steps I took to create this thing, but I'm like, oh man, I'm out of practice. And like I said, there's a little bit of missing footage here and there, but yeah, it was. It's it's fun. I mean, it's you know, it's not the first time that I've ever edited a video, but it looks <laughs> like it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I that's one of the reasons I always just wear the same shirt every day. And uh, partly because I'm um, no, so not <laughs> not literally. I don't need to wash it; it saves on laundry. Yeah, it's, July. it's only 150 in my shop, but I just wore the same. No, but I, you know, like I, there's two reasons. One is that I, I, I'm at a point in my life where I do not want to have to pick any outfits anymore. I just want to just not have to deal with it. So I just like it's just a, the, you know, it's very liberating to not have to like have that decision to make that one more decision to make in a day. And there's a lot of people that actually like like Obama is one of the people that subscribes to that camp of like not wanting to to pick outfits. And there's been uh, all sorts of other like the uh, the guy Steve Jobs was one. You know, not that I'm anything like either of those dudes, but but I I, I wear the same clothes every day like they do. And uh, but then there's still like you know, like all my jeans are different and so like i'll notice that in the editing it's like oh i'm wearing that pair of jeans because the other pair of hey, jeans just you know there's somebody uh near and dear boys who does that as well any guesses uh duresta jimmy duresta i didn't know about uh duresta but luis Basically. gonzalez is like that too oh yeah luis, luis was telling me he's um he likes the, this one particular pair of pants and um he ordered them found out that the company closed down so he spent a little while love you Louise <laughs> I spent a little while um, buying up basically everything he could find across the country so you know because they're never going to be around again so he yeah. says I think I've got about 10 years worth that's you know I I did something similar twice in my life once with the pants but I, I don't know didn't have the resources that Louise has and I still don't but but in the time I had like no resources I was like living in the back of a station wagon you know and <laughs> so I just went around to all like the stores that I could find it was this one particular pair of khakis I wore every day for about nine years you know and um until I until I ran out and that's why my jeans don't match in the videos now <laughs> and uh, I also did that with a pair of sneakers a company that went out of business and they made these they were sneakers that are made from reclaimed materials that I really, really liked, and they were vegan and everything, and they fit me really well, and then they went out of business, and I went and I bought up the last two pairs I could find, and they're all gone now, and, you know, way off topic. What am I working you know, on? I have a question. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think that people care if we're wearing different outfits in the videos? 
No. No. I don't, I don't think so at all. Yeah, I don't think anybody even notices about ourselves. But uh, I think people do notice. I notice, but I don't care. Yeah. Well, what's weird, like with me, in, in that, let's say it's not as off topic as you think, but I wear the same thing to work every day because I have a, a t shirt that is a company shirt. Yeah. Right? So a lot of times when I come home from work, I start doing some video. So you'll see a lot of me wearing this green t shirt all the time, but then I might make one cut and then turn around, then now I'm wearing one of my sleeveless shirts. So it's like, yeah. eh, you know, something like that. Yeah, right? it, it definitely happens, but I don't, think, I don't think it's as big of a deal as we think it is. It's just interesting. How yeah. about you, Phil? Maybe it's not you even change, do you change your clothes? Uh, I change. I do change my clothes. Although when I'm in the workshop, I'll put on like this old uh, bike mechanics shirt over anything that I'm wearing, uh, just to keep the dust so that I don't have to change my shirt three times a night. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, like Mister Rogers. Kind of less cardigan, more mechanic shirt. Yeah. I like it. I really do. That's, There's yeah, no, no little trolley that goes in and out of my shop either, though. We need to get you. A, I, a I can make that happen for you, Phil. A trolley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's keep the party rolling, Tim. What are you uh, What are you working on? What's on your bench? Um, what's on my bench? Well, I've been I've been sort of sick the past few days, uh, so not too much. I haven't worked since like Thursday. Um, it's one of the one of the uh, one of the few negative sides of having children <laughs> is getting their colds. But. Uh, I I, uh, I did just finish up that uh, the video for that giant table. I just put that up on my YouTube channel this weekend. Bravo, by the uh, way, bravo. Yeah, great. Oh, hey, video. thanks, man. Thanks. And um, then uh, I've got a couple more things I'm making for the the company. I was sort of talking about that I can't talk about what I make because they have like secret parts to them. Um, I have a small tabletop I'm working on right now. I have another pinball desk uh, will be coming down the pike, but it is completely different than the other two pinball desks I made. Um, that's going to be a little while because the customer didn't like, I still have two pinball machines in my shop and she didn't, one of them she liked, but it wasn't like her dream pinball machine. And then she went and she found her dream pinball machine and unfortunately it's on the Jersey shore. So <laughs> either, either I'm driving down to get it or, uh, she's going to have a shipping company get it up. If it'd be cheaper for her to get a shipping company to bring it, than have me drive down to get it. And she's, you know, and then we got to ship it again. And, but the whole design of it is going to be completely unique and unlike any desk that anyone's ever seen. She has these very specific requirements that she wants to sing the function out of a pinball machine, which is just super cool. Like, like yeah. I, I just, I, I just laugh and like I'm so awesome and it's such an awesome feeling to like be at this point in my life where someone has some very specific need out of a pinball machine that they call me to do. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know anybody that's actually got on their third pinball machine desk. Uh, yeah, there's probably everybody else, you know, and it's, but you know, I don't, like any maker or artist doesn't really want to make anything uh, over and over again, I guess. But so far they've all been different. So it's like kind of cool and I get to continue to develop the concept. So I'm enjoying it. It's almost like prototyping. Like someday I'm going to make this like the perfect pinball machine desk and no one's going to care, but, but it'll be awesome, you know. Um, I'll care, Tim. But I, I, care. I had I had two other things. I'm, I'm totally monopolizing this. I'm sorry. I had, really quick. I had two other things I wanted to say. One is is that I actually have a bona fide intern. <laughs> it's not your mom. No, <laughs> not my mom. I swear that uh, that's going to be starting, which I'm I'm pretty excited about because it's sort of part of one of the things I want to do is get into more education and outreach type stuff. And I was contacted by a, a mom and, and her teenage daughter who's entering her senior year to school in Connecticut and she's yeah. and she plays the bass and she's interested in making things and she wants to learn how to make her own bass. Um, so uh, that's right. so far beyond cool, man. Right. Isn't on. it? Isn't it? So, so I just met her last week. She's in my shop for a couple hours. We turned a pen. She seems to know what she's doing a little bit around tools. Nice kid. And, um, so that's all going to work out more like a lessons type thing, because obviously I, it's not like an intern thing if I'm going to be building a guitar with her. But, um, yeah. so what, what she's probably gonna do is like, you know, one day we'll give her like half a day a week where it'll be like me and her building her instrument, teaching her how to do stuff. And then another day a week, I can have her come to the shop and actually do some legit intern, like, you know, sanding and sweeping type stuff to, to get some more experience. So I'm really looking forward to that because it'll be totally new for me and, uh, and exciting, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm going to learn as much as she is, if not more. So I tell you, if I lived any closer, man, I would totally be your intern. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, not the, thanks. Not, not, not the reaction I was going to think that would happen, but I'm yeah. okay. Uh, okay. I think, no, I mean, I, I think that I could learn more from you, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I think what he was going for, you know? Yeah. 
See, and I was I was thinking of, of something to do with like making a guitar or something. And it's like I don't even know how to hold one, let alone build one. So, bravo to you for helping out um, a young person learn and at the same time making me feel very small. But that's okay, man. I love you anyway. No, dude, no. He's saying Mr. Miyagi does not intern. That's that's. Close. <laughs> so now I'm old. No, I'm short. <laughs> He's There's just, just no good way you're gonna take no. this, is there? Yeah, no. I, I, what am I gonna teach you, man? I mean, you're the one. Yeah. Like every time I have a question, you're the guy I ask. Like, yeah. no, whatever. <laughs> I know. I know very. Anyways, little. Lutz, wax off. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my turn. Phil, please. Okay. So um, I got to deliver the coffee table that I finished that I was talking about last week to the young lady who so ordered it. So let's interrupt it. you now. Let's interrupt you now and tell you, holy Moses, dude, that coffee table was cool. Yeah, it is. Super cool. Yeah, I love great. that. Yeah, it came I out well. I love that you made, those, yeah, you made those crates instead of just bolting four crates together. I love that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I went to go buy the crates because I thought that was going to be an easy shortcut at one point. But... Uh, it did not, they, they were just too flimsy and too small. So I landed up and I used new material for this. I got some project board and I got some two by tens hmm. and I just ripped down and got the slats and yeah. And then stained awesome. it. So who, who came up with the design? Did you, did you just come up with the design and sell it? Did somebody no. did work it out with somebody? How did that happen? She found it on Pinterest. She'd been looking for a bunch of different designs and then finally just sent me, uh, sent me that one off Pinterest and I, I, like it was different or whatever, but I just found my own interpretation of it, and uh, she was thrilled with it. I got to, I took my son with me. I took Jake to, uh, to, to install it. So he's sitting there, my little assistant. I was like, Jake Robertson, screw, please. Here you go, Daddy. And I'd be like, Drill, <laughs> impact driver. He's like three years old, and he knows all the tools. It was, it was hysterical. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. So you have an intern too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sorry, uh, Bill. <laughs> Whatever. I, you know what? You guys live too far away anyway. Um, the other thing I was working on is, uh, and I think this is going to be like an ongoing thing, is my tool wall. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that looks good too. Well, I, like, I don't know what, maybe I just don't know what Instagram does or whatever, but I had like this mini viral crazy thing happen with this one post. Like, over the weekend, I got. Yeah, it was, it's at over 515 likes right now, this one post, which is insane, because at the time I only had like 700-something followers. Now I have 900-something followers. Like, I think it just got picked up somehow, and, and it, amazing, like fantastic. But It's something to do with the way stuff gets tagged, the hashtags, because I've had that happen every once in a while. I'll put up a, something, and then it gets like several hundred more likes, and, and I'll pick up 400 subscribers or something ridiculous. And I don't really understand yeah, it either. It's amazing. No, listen, I'm, I'm happy to see it, and I, I'm trying to replicate it. So I, I did another one. It got a really good um, you know, response, but nowhere near the same thing. I made a little holder for my Craig Jig Mini, so it just like slides <laughs> on there. It's pretty funny. Was it assembled with uh, pocket screws? No, somebody asked me that. <laughs> like, I was like, not even one. It's too small. Um, and, and then the last thing I'm going to mention is that I got a little delivery from uh, this company here called uh, Elite Tools. They're a Canadian tool company i guess and uh so i got a whole bunch of bessie pipe clamps i've never i've never had pipe clamps before but i needed clamps because i'm going to be building a desk i'm going to make a uh a dedicated podcasting station in the basement here oh. and uh and i'll need to laminate laminate up a top and stuff so i don't have clamps that are good enough for that so it was nice to get a little little present yeah. to myself today yeah. but i got a couple other things i got a new band clamp like a good bessie one because i use band clamps for um to make Boxes. the box lids and I had a really, yeah. really horrible one. And something that I've learned is that you need to have the proper right tools. You know, you got to do things right. So I spent a little money on that. And I also got a marking knife. So I want to I play with that. Oh, cool. Can I, can I say that it's really nice to have the proper tools? Yeah. But yeah. it's not necessary. It's not necessary, but I feel like I sort of paid my dues a little bit if we're, if, we're, uh, if we're talking about old episodes that we've done. I paid my dues with the $5 Mastercraft band, band clamp, you know, like I've done that. So I spent the 35 on the Bessie one, and I think I'll have a much better experience. You know, well, you know, and that, and that is a, a topic for another podcast uh, for yeah. sure. Um, I, to equate it to my music career, like everybody always starts out on these like really cheap, crappy guitars, and then 
that you know that you learn to play on it and if you stick with it long enough and you get through that and you go and you buy your next guitar it's just like this whole other level and so you yeah. pick it up and it's like it's almost like this it's almost not to go back to karate kid but it's like the same thing you know you you, you wax that car you know all weekend and then all of a sudden you have all the strength and this ability when you get into the ring and that's what like you're describing too it's like you have earned it you've reached that point where it's like i know which tools you know you, you bought the cheap ones and now you know which tools you're going to use and, and have value and which ones don't you yeah, know exactly. have that extra value Hundred percent. Certain tools are just always going to break, and they're not worth spending the extra money on. Then other tools are, are worth it, you know. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to use the other one because I usually do more than one at a time anyway. So. Yeah. But on the other hand, Tim, isn't it true that you are back now making these weird, not like five thousand dollar guitars? You're making your own out of like airplane wings and. Yeah. Well, that's that's a whole other mission, but I still want them to play as well. I'm. I'm trying to get, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not really selling them yet, is I don't feel like they play yet. I have a very specific mission with that, is that I want to make, there's basically like, if, you, if, you, if you're a professional musician, you're making your living doing it, or you're even like semi-making your living doing it, you're going to play a somewhat decent guitar. You're not going to play a $10,000 collector's item, although you might have one. You're not going to play a $500 POS, because it's not going to perform for you. You're going to be somewhere in like the one to $2,000 range, probably for maybe even $3,000. That's like that range. Most of these handmade guitars are above that range, like if you get a custom-made instrument. So my goal is to make a guitar out of upcycled or reclaimed materials that directly competes with that working-class musician market, that $1,500 to $2,000 market that's going to perform, it's going to sound, it's going to have the functionality, and it's going to just, just compete with those companies that are deforcing you know, Africa to make theirs. That's mm -hmm. the goal. And I'm, you know, I'm not quite there yet. And that's the other reason I'm excited about the intern, because it's going to give me another opportunity to actually dedicate some time to exploring this further. And and, you know, to talk about a, a channel plug that I plugged before is SDM Customs. He just made this beautiful five-string bass. And, uh, and he's put up a couple videos about some of the jigs and stuff that he's using to do that. Like, this guy is so knowledgeable. Like, I need to get him on board, like, to be making him out of reclaim materials because I think he could, like, have it right now. He did make one. He made the Palito Caster once. Um, like, like, I haven't played any of them yet, but if they play anything like they look, I mean, this guy's already nailed it. question is, is can, I don't know the amount of time he's got into it or whether it's, you know that's the that's the trick is like because now you got all this hours into it and if you want to make any money, you know it's, it's it got becomes to convert. a dollar an hour to work. Yeah, he's out of the UK, right? No, he's in America. He's uh he's a British really? uh, that lives in British man lives in America. Oh, okay, he is British though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're uh, we're Instagram bros. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get into the topic, and uh, and Bill sort of uh, had a pretty successful segue into it before. So why don't you why don't you continue that? What's our topic this week, Bill? Well, so somebody somebody sent me a message, and, and they asked me what was the first time I did something, or blah 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 blah. And it just got me thinking. There's so many firsts that we do in the shop, you know, whether it's reclaiming or whether it's, you know, whatever, building something, buying a tool, whatever it is. So. I just thought it would be fun. Yeah. Well, first I want to answer this guy's question. Uh, and he, and he, what he asked is, what well, he saw one of our episodes, I think one of our first episodes we did on safety and it had my face on there with the nail sticking out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he asked me, what was the first time you ever got hurt on the job or in the shop? And it got me thinking about it. And I've been hurt so many times that it was hard to, but I do remember the first time. And um, it was, uh, I used to do maintenance for a, uh, a hotel. When I was uh, 17, it was kind of like a part-time gig while I was going to school. And I can remember um, just hitting myself with a hammer. It was one of the most simplest things you always think about. Where you always see it on TV, like the Three Stooges. They hit themselves in the thumb, and you jump around and everything. Well, I, you know, I'd, I'd kind of done that before. But no, this time I really just smacked my thumb with a hammer. Ugh. And it was the most intense pain. I've never done it again. I mean, I've, I've gotten hurt again, but I've never done that exact thing again. So I just thought, what, what are some firsts that, that have happened to you guys? You know, whether it be getting hurt or like, let me ask you, Tim, because um, you were just talking about uh, um, uh, a, a new client and all that. And it got me thinking, what's the, what's the first time you ever got a negative reaction from a client? Like Ooh. built them something, made them something, delivered it, whatever it was. It was just like, ah! Wow, that's a really, really good question, um, and it has happened, and if anybody that says it hasn't is probably lying, you know, um, and I can remember uh, very distinctly what happened was is that I had made a pair of uh, side tables um, that I thought were a pretty cool design, and I had just gotten my brad nailer, and I made them out of pallets, and they had these sort of uh, curved legs, they were like freeform cut on the bandsaw, 
um, palette wood. Uh, not, you know, anything super fancy, but uh, they're kind of cool. They had a little Asian flair to them. They looked great. Um, but I just had, like, I thought that the wood glue and the brad nails were going to be enough to, <laughs> to hold this thing together, <laughs> these legs on this thing, and I was just wrong. Um, <laughs> so, and of course they had to live on the other side of the country. It was an Etsy sale, and so I shipped them, you know, I shipped them to the other side of the country, and they just showed up in pieces. And uh, and she was yeah. just like, I bought these because they looked beautiful, and they came in, and they're just like flimsy pieces of crap that are all in pieces. Like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> and uh, and it was like, you know, it was heartbreaking to me because, like, part of me wanted to do, like, the whole thing where I went after the post office and claimed the insurance and stuff. And then part of me realized, I was like, you know what? No, it was my fault. I didn't pack them right, which I didn't. And, uh, and I didn't build them right. And so I refunded her all her money, and I gave her a $50 gift card on Etsy um, on top of that. And uh, because that's the way I roll. I run my business the way I want every other business to be run. If you're unhappy with it then friggin' make it right. If someone's unhappy with you, make it right so they have nothing negative to say about you out there. Because now if this woman, if someone were to mention me to her again, she would be like, oh, that guy? Yeah, he made crappy stuff, but what a nice guy. At least she's got <laughs> something nice to say, you know? So, For sure. Uh, so that's, that, was, that was a good question. That was, I remember that a lot. I have a similar one, actually, and it's, it was also an Etsy sale. Uh, this happened to me during the Christmas rush. So I had, like, a flurry of them, and it, it was actually a little difficult to keep track of all of them. So one of these boxes that I sent out, because sometimes people don't want them personalized, and I'll just go back in the conversation history and see if they wanted it personalized. And this one, I thought that they didn't want it personalized. So I shipped out this box, and, uh, and because I had taken it to the wire, I, out of my own pocket, I sent it next day, which is substantially more than, than the regular yeah. shipping. And then she got it, like, uh, and then and like a week later, I, got a, I get a, a message from her, and she's like, furious like like furious and she's so mad at me like didn't it didn't come with the personalization and it ruined the surprise and and i felt horrible 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 so what did i do i i i said keep it i made her a whole other one i stayed up like till four in the morning and three nights in a row and i banged out another one and and then again i shipped it overnight at my cost so i made two boxes for her basically i guess for the price of one and uh, and I made it right, just like you know Tim did, and uh, that's the that's the only way to do it. Although I do think she yep. could have shipped back the first one, and I could have just personalized it, but I wasn't really going to argue with her at this point. No, no, you just got to literally. Make it right. There was nothing wrong with the first one. She could have just the, sent it back, but whatever. Most, yeah, the most valuable part of your business is your name. You know, you I just mean, gotta. Yeah, you don't. Especially on a system like Etsy, which is, if anyone's not familiar with Etsy, think of eBay or whatever. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you're rated. You know, and yeah. any, like, even one negative review will mess up your entire ability to continue doing business on Etsy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I have, like, on Custom Made, they have a five-star rating. And so, you know, when people, you know, a lot of times people don't review it or rate. But there, there will be people that I'll, I'll have, like, you know, it'll be, like, six different categories, like timeliness, communication, quality, and this and that. And there'll be, like, one of them, they'll put, like, 4.5 instead of 5 or something like that. And I'll be like, oh, no. You <laughs> ruined me. And uh, one of them that came up consistently lower was uh, was value. Uh, people would, That was the one that most of the people marked lower was value. And uh, and so I was upset about that. I'm like, they don't think that they're getting value. And, and, uh, and my wife said, like, well, if they put down 5 for that, then that means you're not charging enough. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good way to good look, way at, to look it. at it. Good way to look at it. <laughs> she's, she's what smart, about you, man. Bill? Like, Have you ever had anybody uh, upset with your work? Yes and no. I mean, I've not done enough of it, like on Etsy and and things like that, to where I'm. Uh, um, I've had a negative reaction at the end. I've had projects that I've been working on for somebody or, or um, a commission, so to speak, but the the, the negative reaction came. Because I'm always, I'm constantly, it's always been local, so I'm constantly talking to them. They come over the house, they check on it, so I'll be halfway through a build, and they're all of a sudden like, you know what, I don't like the way this is going. That I've had that, where it's like, yeah. okay, well, it's, you know, I, I want to tell them you can't just change it, but, um, so it's, but the end result has always been positive, you know, whether I've had to make these changes and pull my hair out. Um, Although I did have, now this, when, when the wife's salon was being built, um, in the beginning, before I took on the actual, where I, I basically did everything, it was going to be, look, I'll make a few little quick pieces, and then you guys can, you know, just to get the doors open. And for very little money with just, I had a 
DeWalt cordless drill and a, and a skill saw. And I put together this real quick, um, I took a, a wooden spool, a big wooden spool, and yep. a um, like an old oil, uh, I think it's Penn's oil or something can. Cut the bottom off. It was a big one. It's like a 30, 30 gallon, not a 55 gallon, but a 30 gallon, so it's smaller. Mm-hmm. Anyway, cut the top and the bottom, sandwiched it between the spool top and bottom, and made a table out of that, like a side table. Cool. And my wife's business partners just weren't having it. They're like, no, that's not, we, we can't do that. We have to do something else. And that's what got the ball rolling for me to actually say, okay, look, if you really want me to build stuff for this lawn, I'm going to need some tools. I'm going to need a little bit of money. What can we do? And we'll go from there. Um, but that was kind of where it was like, I just made this for you. And you're telling me, no, <gasps> how could you do such a thing? And then <laughs> oh, I, I get it though. Yeah. So yeah. So I've had negative reactions, but I've either had stuff built there and people come and buy it, or they've been in contact with me during the build so they can snivel and whine during the process. And the end turned out well, <laughs> that's been my experience. That's good. Yeah. I got a good one for you guys. Or I think so, and, and, and this is maybe a segue from what I said earlier, but when was the first time that you used the right tool for the job and you know it? You're like, you know, like sometimes you just do a job and the tool isn't whatever and you just do your best with it, but then there's that, that time, that first time where you use the right, and you're like, oh, and it's just this aha, amazing moment. Can you think of a time like that? So to, to clarify a little bit, is it like a tool that we were aware of that we've used in the past, but this is we actually utilized that tool f- uh, properly, or is it like the first time you ever got a tool that you've never used before to do a specific job the right way? Yeah, or you upgraded from a crappier tool to a better one, and you're like, okay, this is how you're supposed to do okay, it. Okay, you, you guys are gonna laugh at it. Let me go first because this okay. it will will keep this funny. Um, okay. The very first time I realized the incredible importance of having a proper tool. One that I'd used before, but not really needed it. Um, And and again, I've been like a a maintenance or facilities guy my whole life. And I was living in Utah. Uh, I was the facilities director, maintenance and facilities director for a school for the performing arts. It was um, out in the desert. It was beautiful, eight buildings on about 25 acres. I had a pretty decent little staff. Nice. One night during a performance, they had a natural amphitheater on the outs, uh, outside that they performed in. Anyway, one night, one of the bathrooms was not having it. No flushing, nothing. Everything was backed up. And I had recently bought, and not really used it to its potential, a large electric snake, the kind the plumber comes. And yeah. he feeds the thing in, the motor's going, and I mean, you got safety goggles. This is like the big bad mamma jamma, I'm gonna unclog your stuff. And (laughs) as silly as that sounds, that was the first time I ever said, you know what? This was not a job I could have gotten away with using other things, muddling through it. I had this big proper tool for that size job and it worked well. And I literally was grateful and thought maybe there's a divine being in the universe that a lot, because this was, you got to remember, this is during a performance. So there's like 5,000 people at this amphitheater and I had to put up the little the little cones outside the bathroom <laughs> yeah. out of order for a minute, you know. And I was like, "Oh my God, what do I do? What do I do?" And I ran out of my shop. So anyway, that so it was kind of a, a um, shall I say a um, crappy experience, but it turned out for the best. <laughs> crappy experience. <laughs> but bum. What about you, Tim? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm having a hard time remembering my first. I know that there's. I mean, I can think of a million times where I've like upgraded a tool or just like. You know, just like when a strut broke on my truck, uh, the struck, the shock mount broke on my truck, and I was like, oh, yeah, I own a welder now. You know, and it was like, you know, like there's like all these moments like that. But I think my first one has to be when I was back in college and I was cooking. And, um, or maybe after I, yeah, I guess I was still in college. And all the cooks, they had like the kitchen knives that like they would let us use that they kept in a box, you know, they kept in a metal drawer, they'd throw them in there and they were crap. And then some company would come once a month and trade them for new ones that they just sharpened on a stone somewhere and heated up too much and stuff, you know. I didn't know any of that stuff then. But, um, and all the other cooks, they had briefcases and toolboxes full of really nice knives. And they would never let anybody else touch them, of course. They're all, that was just a respect thing, just like any toolbox, you know. 
And uh, so I went and I was like seeing all these guys' knives and they're like, oh, you got to get your own knives, got to get your own knives. They're all these $100 chef's knives and stuff. And I couldn't afford that. I was making $4 an hour and I was going to college. So I went to, you know, some cheap store and I bought this like whole set of like the never need sharpening knives, you know, like the, you know, the, the, not even, not even like, you know, like fabric, wear or something. It's like I had the steak knife shape and I had the chef knife shape and the salad knife shape, you know, all this crap. And I come in and I'm so proud of these things and the guys are just laughing at me, you know. And I'm sitting there cutting the blades, bending. I'm, you know, this and that. But I'm so proud of myself because I own these knives. I spent twenty bucks on for ten of them, you know. And um, <laughs> and there's this one guy who I've probably even talked about before in passing in this podcast. This is a super influential guy on me. He was uh, I, I could talk about him for hours. I, but to keep this moving, I won't. Um, he was just really nice. And he goes, here. And he hands me his hundred dollar knife. He goes, just don't f it up. <laughs> and I just like cut and i was like oh my god i totally get it i'm done and i went and i bought a I, I spent like my next paycheck on a knife and it just wow. like then life just got better you know it was so that was probably my first one it was a, it was a knife that's great how about you phil um my first uh, table saw that i that i bought when i sort of venturing into this i picked up for 40 bucks off craigslist it was one of those uh it was a skill saw table saw you know it was nice. one of these like uh Nice rickety like yeah, metal plastic. base or whatever, and the fence never locked straight and probably never really locked. But I, I built a couple of things on it, <laughs> and then and then I was like, okay, this just feels unsafe. You know, if you're cutting anything bigger than the tabletop itself, you feel like you're gonna fall on it and die. So I, yep. uh, <laughs> so I, I got onto Craigslist, and for a hundred bucks, I got an old Delta contractor saw with uh, was what I'm still using now with a cast iron table. And when I finally got up and running, I'm like, okay, this is how you do it properly. And, you know, like it's heavy and you push stuff through and mm. it doesn't wobble. So, you mm. know, that, that was the first thing that I felt like I, you know, I did it right. And, and I would recommend that for anybody. I think the table saw is probably the beating heart of any, of any wood shop anyway. And that, that's where to put, you know, some strategic money behind. That was almost my my story that I was very similar. I had to hand me down one of those little portable bench top table saws, and I cut myself on it. I ended up getting stitches because it didn't work right, and it was dangerous. Yeah. And I, and I was stupid not using it right. And then I didn't even use a table saw for like a couple of years after that. I did everything with a skill saw, and I got really good with a skill saw. And then I bought the table saw that I have now, and uh, and I got over my fear of it after that cut. And uh, and yeah, it was just like oh. You can actually use a table saw and get stuff done without hurting yourself. That's that seems to make sense now. I know why everybody uses them. <laughs> I, I can almost say this would be a topic for uh, another podcast. Just the the importance, what tools are important to have quality. And yeah, just a little bit off topic, but um, when Casey again, she was in uh, beauty school. Um, the, the tools that she had, because she paid good money, she went to a really good school, and the tools that they had given her in school were, were okay. And then she opens up her own salon. Next thing I know, she's coming home. Oh, I just bought some new scissors, and I'm looking at them. Those are nice. Yeah, so yeah, they were only $700. I'm like, yeah. you paid $700 for a pair of scissors? <laughs> and she says, and you paid how much for your whatever tool? She, I said, oh, yeah, I guess that is a tool that you actually use for your job, too. Okay, never mind. I get it. Hey, if it pays the bills. You know, if it's if There's it's what you use to pay the bills. Skimp on. Yeah, yeah. Some things yeah. you can't skimp on. So and, you know, the music business is always like that too with the guitars. Like you know, you can't you just can't go out and get a two hundred dollar guitar and expect it to to hang every night. And if you're gonna make your living with it, you need something that you know is gonna be reliable. That's why I'm not selling them yet. Like I don't think I'm there yet. You know. For sure. You have a question, Tim, for the group. I do have a question, um, kind of along the lines of the first one. Uh, your first, but this is before it gets to the customer. Your f okay. what was your first like miserable failure, where you like you you had this idea you're gonna make this thing and you got hours and hours into this thing and you just you just smash it with a hammer you just give up because <laughs> it's just not gonna work. <laughs> hmm. Anyone? Now here's what Bill says. I know, I've never had that problem. <laughs> you know I I have actually. All right, let me let me. I've had a lot. <laughs> okay, you know what? Here, why don't we make this relevant to this one. day? And um, I will say that my first attempt at the utilizing uh, furniture to make a bearded dragon habitat, yeah. believe it or not, I had I, at work I had stored, I had found, and I, and I have a little bit of uh, area that I can store. So I had this one cabinet um, that I wanted to use first. And I brought that home, started in on this thing, and I basically destroyed it 
thinking it was going to work a certain way. So it, it was um, maybe a 70, another 70s like radio or stereo cabinet. And um, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to change the legs on it. I started messing with them. That got screwed up. And I thought, okay, well, I'll keep the, I'll keep the carcass, the, the main outside of it. Wanted to cut the top a little bit and to open it up because you'll see on, on the one I made that it's, it's got two layers like. Um, yeah. Cut the top off of it. That screwed up the back part of it, which screwed up the underlying shelf, which was actually support. I mean, it was like I spent all day trying to figure out how I'm going to get this taken apart to, to utilize it like I wanted to and it was just destroyed so yeah it happens all the time but it wasn't something I spent a lot of time on and then I was able to bring the other one home from work I'm like okay this one's a lot more stable I thought about it before I started tearing into it and uh, it, it turned out okay but yeah that but that happened just you know two weeks ago <laughs> awesome <laughs> not your first but relevant yeah I like it so my first one was my first one was my uh, problem was my first project ever, and that was I, I think we talked about it before on the podcast. But it was one of these. Uh, it was a projector, and you made it from oh, yeah. strip, stripping an LCD panel out of a uh, out of a LCD monitor. This was before HD projectors were around, so you were kind of making something new. But anyways, I uh, first tool I bought was a Dremel, and it came with all these attachments, like a router attachment, and even. Uh, like a saber saw attachment, like almost like a demo saw attachment. So I thought I could cut panels with this thing. Because <laughs> they did and, in the commercial. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And, and looking back, it's kind of embarrassing to think that this is even possible and, and how much easier the whole thing could have been with the right tools. But I built a box out of MDF and I cut the whole thing with this little tiny saber saw thing. And, and uh, wow. But so... I put probably 20, 25 hours into this whole thing, but everything that I made to go into this thing, like the mounts for the, it was all so crappy. Like, like think of the worst, crappiest job you could have done was what I did. But I patched it up and I repaired it until I actually got the thing working to the point where it was a real projector. But the craftsmanship on it was like, 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 so, like below the basement subpar. Like it was just horrible. <laughs> But I was just so happy that I got the thing working that I, that it was that I was happy about it. But man, that was horrible. That was really bad. And if I had to make it now, I could probably bang the thing out in five hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you learn. You know, that's how you have to. Like they would say about failure and how it leads to success and blah blah blah. Oh, for that's, sure. Listen, I learned a ton about making something from that project. Mostly what not to do. Yeah, that's. But you need to learn that. You know, <laughs> cross well, everything you're not supposed to do off the list so you know what you yeah. can do. Yeah. Eventually, you Tim, get to you, just stuff you can do. <laughs> right, yeah. Tim, you gotta have you gotta have a story because you've been doing this way longer than Phil and I have. Well, so well selling stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, of course, I have I have tons of stories, but uh, my, I'll tell the most embarrassing one I can think of <laughs> because I'm supposedly, uh, you know, I'm supposedly a maker, you know, like a you know this like furniture maker for a living or whatever. I had made guitars. I mean, I have one of them over here. I still play it. It works in this guy's this cabinet shop that I you know, used to work in when I was making guitars, where I learned a little bit about tools, a little bit about making from this cabinet maker. And all I learned about was guitars. That was all I had ever really made to this point besides salads with those knives, you know? I didn't know anything. <laughs> uh, and making guitars is totally different than, like, you know, making bookcases and stuff because they're, everything's square and there's, I didn't have a, tr you know. So I end up, I move out of this, this apartment. I had to leave and they sold the house or whatever and moved somewhere else and, and I, I get a new apartment, and I have hundreds and hundreds of CDs because it's the 90s, and that's what you did. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I was a musician. And, and so I was like, I know, I'm going to build my own CD shelf. And so I went to, you know, the box store, and I and all the only tool I had was back then they were like 10.8-volt like cordless drills. You know, they weren't even like 12 volts then, you know, 8-volt cordless drill. That was like all I had was one of these. Um and so I said, I need to do this simply. So I went and I bought all these, like, they weren't even one by fours. They were, like, half inch by fours. And I figured out, like, how many I would need to make, like, you know, four sides of a box. And then there's, like, you know, a couple shelves. And I didn't think I needed to put anything on the back to give it any kind of structure. I just didn't know any of that. So I didn't know how to make a box, you know. And, and, uh, and so I bought a bunch of L brackets because I didn't have any saws or anything. So I just <laughs> tried to, you know, I didn't understand thickness of the material, you know, or any of that stuff. And I just tried to put this thing together with L brackets in my cordless drill because it's all I had. And needless to say, it didn't work. And I, I was out in the garage. I'm out there for like two hours trying to screw these boards together. 
just not not even a table to work on. I'm like working on the back of my car, and uh, and I just got pissed. <laughs> I just smashed it all. <laughs> I just lost my cool, man, and I just smashed it all, and all uh, my CDs just stayed in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a video of young Tim just smashing these little boards together, and then pan over to the box of CDs. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> this is long before I was as chill as I am now. I was just lost my cool, man. I was just a young man, you know. I just lost my cool. Sure. <laughs> it's it's so weird to think how we're we're at a time now where we can say that, you know, back when we had CDs. Yeah. Yeah. They're I mean, still in my shop. <laughs> I've been melting them down lately. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying I don't even know if I could play a CD now, but I realized my car. I could play a CD in my car. That's probably the right. only place at this point. Yeah. Like, computers don't even come with them anymore. Yeah, yeah my car yeah. doesn't have a CD player. I'm yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Really? It's just yeah. like uh, like a USB key or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think I could be wrong. I just, I may Might not even trunk. notice it. Might be in the trunk, because they do that still sometimes. But it's yours a Kia is... Soul. It doesn't have a trunk. Well, there, but the back of, there's a back panel back there. Okay, do we want to do let's one go. more quick one, or do we want to yeah, let's, uh, move on? let's do something on. positive. Let's do something positive. Oh, I have nothing for that. <laughs> oh, come on. All right, I got a good question, then, if you want to do something positive. Okay, go. First time you ventured way outside your comfort zone. Oh. Tim, you can answer that one. one. That'll be a good one for you. Oh, geez, I, every day. I mean, the first time. I think the... Well, you know, it might actually be the way, if since we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about making... You know, if you want to stay with that and not go back to cooking or whatever, um, because I, I, you know, I ventured outside my comfort zone a lot with in my music career. I would always, my as a musician, I would always put myself in bands with musicians that I try to get in bands with musicians that I thought were way better than me, because I was then I'd have to be force myself to keep up with them instead of like just like hanging. You know what I mean? That's how you mm-hmm. grow and learn. So I've I approached that with cooking, like when I, you know. I took the job as executive chef, and I was nowhere near qualified to be an executive chef. I don't even know what the word how to spell executive, you know. <laughs> but, but so with making the same thing, like this whole business started on, and I think I was supposed to tell you about this, uh, Phil, about um, uh, uh, Brugger's Bagels. Yes, um, <laughs> on Church Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, the at the, the time I started before Vance was born, and around the time I started getting into this, um, the CEO. Of Brugger's Bagels, uh, wife was friends with my wife. Uh, she was one of her students. My wife teaches aerobics classes, so we actually knew them pretty well. Okay. And um, and he was talking about the, how there's this one store they had. They had this table, and it was like this kind of old farmhouse style dining table, a big one, you know, like the one I just made. And yeah. um, and how he was looking to get someone to make those. And I just I had my little table saw that I cut myself on, and uh, not much else. And I'm like, I can do that. You know, reclaim wood. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And so uh, he's like, all right, well, let's let's talk about it. Go and I was like, here, I'll I'll make a prototype. So I went out and I talked to some big reclaimed lumber guy, and I got some you know relatively inexpensive samples of some very expensive reclaimed lumber, and I made this whole damn thing with not, none of the right tools. Um, and I I mean I I made a dollar an hour on that thing if I sold it for ten thousand dollars. You know what I mean? I just I busted my butt making this table, and mm-hmm. uh, and it came out pretty good. And I remember bringing it and we delivered it to a store, and it's still in a store down in New Haven. And um, I sold them the one, you know, and it was the idea was that I would be doing 80 of them if I got the gig. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> in my, my, 200 square foot, my 200 square foot garage, you know. Wow. Um, you so, still be I making like, I just, was, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, the idea was that, you know, if, if I got the gig, there's there would be this deposit. And I'd go get a shop and stock it, you know okay. what I mean? So it wouldn't be as bad. It was just about making this prototype. And I thought it would be this great way to start this business. And uh, I, brought, I remember bringing it down to the store, and like one of the construction guys that are still putting the store together is just like, it's not even a finished table. What the hell is that made out of? You know, he's like, hey, my workbench looks better than that. You know, just not, totally not getting it, you know? And, uh, and, you know, just like feeling like crap. And, and then talking to the guy, you know, like we're making, he's like, okay, well, yeah, the proportions are good, but maybe we could, you know, taper the legs a little bit. I'm like, taper the legs. Okay, learn how to taper legs. I'm like, right now, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And then I just got to this point where I realized, you know what, if I take this, it's going to, it's going to kill me. It's going to crush my love of making things because it's going to be such a job. It's going to yeah. be no fun. And I'm going to make a ton of money. I'm going to make 80 of the same thing. 
and I just don't want to do it. And so I, I call the guys like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And, and he's like, okay. Cause he knew I couldn't do it either, you know, but he had to like kind of keep entertaining it because I was friends with the CEO. <laughs> right. That's so good. that was why when you said Brugger's, I laughed because it's like, oh yeah, I could still go there. I guess now that guy doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Great bagels. What about you, Bill? So what was the question again? I thought it was supposed to be something positive. So It is. When's, when's the first time you ventured way outside your comfort zone? Yeah, it, it was a positive ending. I figured out what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's huge. Oh, well, okay. Um, well, kind of along the same line. All right, so this is the most I can think of, the actual, the first time I really 100% went outside my comfort zone. I was... Um, I'd moved back from Utah, I was uh, dealing with some family matters and everything, and, and decided it was time. My mom had always told me, you should go live in San Francisco. You've, you've been in the Bay Area your whole life. You should go, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to the city. So I took a job. I applied for and took a job to be a branch manager at a check cashing store. At a, wow. one of those payday loan companies. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons I took it was to... It was in this, it, it's in San Francisco. It's in this little tiny hundred square foot little hole in the wall that was just terrible. I mean, the, the actual, the, the countertop was bad. The, the walls needed painting. So I'm like, not only am I going to be the branch manager here, I had two employees. I'm going to refurbish this place and really impress these people. I'm going to wear nice clothes to work. I, you know, so it was an office job and I turned it around. I, I mean, I fixed it up. I turned it around. They had a, a, a a debt ratio that was that, you know, pe- people not paying back the loans and blah, 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 blah. It was like 70 something percent. I got that down to 30%. Uh, I spent about eight months there. And then when I realized what I was actually doing and how dirty and awful this business was, I took a job at a nonprofit um, animal shelter for like 12 bucks an hour and walked out. I mean, I, it didn't even dawn on me that what I was doing was people are coming in, they're borrowing 300 bucks on their paycheck. They pay back 355 when they get their next paycheck. Yeah. So what I didn't realize is every single one of them, they paid back the money and then they took the 300 right back because they have now have no money on their paycheck. So they got to do it again. And it's yeah. just, it was, it was, it's evil that that stuff is evil, you know? But anyway, yeah. I mean, it was, I, I wore nice clothes. It, it was completely outside. It was an office job and I just the only one I've ever had. I'll never do it again. Um, yeah. But, it, but it got me to the place where I ended up. So the positive aspect of this is it got me to the place where I ended up working, and that's where I met my wife. Hey, that's One nice. Sec. Hold on a second. Right? That was positive. Ugh. Phil, do you have a similar story to your question? I, um, I don't really have a story like that that's, like, life-changing. Like, yours is pretty life-changing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Mine is really, uh, I was going to give some crappy answer about hand tools, but now I should have gone first. (laughs) You know what just happened? You know what just happened? Like, I just went on after Springsteen, you know, like, and 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 I've got a triangle. And I'm going, (laughs) I got nothing here. So hand Uh. tools is my answer. like you know they're so finicky and like you know there's a lot to learn before you could use a hand plane how to tune it up how to sharpen it up properly so you know so i I guess but you suck you ruined my answer all right um let's move on to what we're watching bill what are you watching well um tim do you have something to say no no (laughs) uh no no i like you it's i felt i felt a little sexy just then when he did that (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, what am I watching? Um, well, you know me. I got I got to give a couple of shout outs first. Um, there's two of my favorite makers. One of them you will recognize right off the bat. One of my all-time favorite people on the planet. Uh, and the other one is another favorite. Don't get me wrong. Both of these guys are awesome and amazing. And I just want to give a shout out. They're both getting really, really super close to 10,000 subscribers. And I just give these guys some love. If you haven't yet... Uh, share their video, do whatever you can. Let's let's get help them. One of them is Sterling Davis. Who of us three does not love Sterling? Oh, he's we awesome. Fan. I'm a fan. We love Sterling. Uh, his last video, he he did a lighted uh, uh, lighted box in honor Beautiful. of his daughter who's in the military. 
And she's got to be a proud daughter. He's a proud papa. It was super, super cool. I know that was the first time that Sterling played with LED uh, strip lights because I remember him asking about them in the group not too long ago where he said, hey, does anybody ever use these? You know, how hard is it? Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, no, man, do it. So he made this amazing uh, box for his, his kid. And um, let's give him some love because he's really close. And the other one is Tim Sway. Tim, you are, do you know you're right there, dude? You're like, you're approaching 10,000, like, soon. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm approaching 9,000 right now, but... but. I, I look at the big picture, pal. I look at the big picture. <laughs> I, I'm approaching a million right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my shout-out is to Tim and Sterling. Let's get these guys over 10 grand, man. That would be so All awesome. All right, let's do it. Does it work if I, I unsubscribe I, and then resubscribe? Does it? No. All right. No, no. I, I've been, I've been doing. I every try. time Tim pisses me off, I unsubscribe and resubscribe. <laughs> That's thanks to Pat Lap. You know, he got me. Yeah. He's the one to turn me on to that. Like ten times a podcast. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> boom, boom. You see what I'm doing over here? Boom, boom. Yeah, so that's what all the noises. You cut me off. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> uh, and you know oh, it'll yeah, be right so at nine, 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 nine. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what am I watching? So um, the name of the channel is Positive Couple. Mm. And they are upcyclers and recyclers and whatever. I, I still don't know what the hell we do, but it's a cycle thing and they do it well and it's super cool. And they are from Russia, I believe. And I, I haven't, I've seen about half a dozen or so of their videos and they're all amazing. And uh, Tim, you were telling me that they've actually made a couple that have gone viral. And, and so, yeah, check them yeah. out. Positive couple, uh, no English speaking in them, but. Uh, one of the first ones I saw, this guy just took two gigantic uh, stumps that were had really cool shapes and everything to them, and very simply, but I made a, a railing like out of this one. But he but he stuck two of them. To, no, he made a table and he stuck two of them together, one upside down on top of the other. Anyway, watch their stuff. It made me go. It's one of those head smacking moments. Like, wow, why didn't I think of that type deal? Uh, a lot of cool projects that they've done. So check out. Positive couple on YouTube. That's what I'm watching, and uh, I'm done now. Yeah, they're geniuses. Uh, you know that guy is a genius. He's uh, what he does with minimal tools and just a lot of hard work is just really impressive and inspiring. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you hit me to that channel because I've seen their videos and I, I always mean to subscribe and then I forget and I forgot their name. You know. You know, taking giant pieces of lumber, using minimal tools, making badass stuff out of it is awesome, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. I'll have yeah. to check that out. Um, I'm going to go next because Tim's, I think, is a little weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Tim's always a little weird. What are you talking about? Well, Mitch yeah, is a little well, weird, well. maybe. Um, mine is, in keeping with my theme of, uh, of hand tool work, um, I, just, I just actually found this one today. Um, on my lunch break, I was watching a few of this guy's videos. It's called Dutch Horse. Anyone's heard? No? It's like this young guy, but he's out of the Netherlands, if I'm reading both his channel name and his accent correctly. And uh, and he does some really, really nice work. Uh, you just, what, was, what was the name again? I'm sorry, I zoned out. Dutch Horse. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah really nice young man. So, I, you know, like, I, every once in a while, like, I get some good recommendations, like, YouTube recommends some good videos, and uh, and then I'll find good channels that way. And then, and then this guy came up, and... I guess he was like happy that he was just approaching 2,000 subscribers. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. Small, small guy I haven't seen. And then, and then actually that video was really old, and it turns out he's got like almost uh, 12,000 subscribers now. So obviously <laughs> the people have watched him too. So that's yeah. fine. All right, continue with the weirdness, Tim. What do you got? Well, um, okay. I was uh, first off, I wanted to mention that uh, Daniel Harju came and visited my shop today, which was awesome. Uh, he's a, another maker out there, and uh, it was just so cool. I love it when, when we get to interact in person, like all these people that we know from the interweb and and, mm. and whatnot. And it was he was a super cool dude, and we, he was hanging out with me in Vance for a while. So I just want to say, hey, thanks for coming to visit me. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. He had to do a delivery in, in Connecticut, about a half hour away from me or so. So um, it just worked out great. He's up in Massachusetts. So uh, it was super nice to meet you, Daniel. And uh, I'm you know stay in touch, and we're neighbors, so we should hang out more often. Um, I'm totally jealous, totally jealous. Uh, yeah. But I do, I, I do have an amazing mallet that uh, that I got from Daniel. Uh, oh yeah. In fact, it's the, only, it's the only wooden mallet I've ever owned. No and kidding. It came from him. And um, thank you, Daniel. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a really uh, he's been doing this stuff since he was like a teenager, and uh, he just he just really he's very knowledgeable too. It sounds like, and and now uh, he's 
poised for great things, so it was a real, a real treat to meet him. Um, as now for my recommendations, <laughs> uh, I was I mentioned I was home sick, so I, one of the good things about that is you spend a lot of time laying on the couch watching TV, and that's also one of the bad things about being homesick and spending a lot of time <laughs> watching television. But uh, so <laughs> the first the first recommendation I have is a movie that we rented for Vance to watch, but I think it was for me, and it's a movie from 1968, starring Dick Van Dyke, and this is not my The Incredible list. Mr. Limpet. Oh, no, no, that was, that no, was that Don Knotts. Nope. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Anyone ever seen it? Yeah. Yeah, now there's a movie I've seen. <laughs> it's the story I had never seen. It. It's, it's the story of a tall, skinny, homeschooling man who likes to make weird contraptions out of trash. And he and he falls in love and marries way <laughs> outside of his pay scale. Like, And it's just the story of my life. I mean, he's got, and he's into amphibious vehicles. I was just watching this movie like, oh, my God, they wrote my, my life. Five years before I was born, <laughs> or however. I, I, I think just, that's awesome. I've never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. That's you. That it, really it was, is you. I was just dying. He was like, he's like, you know, the woman's like, oh, your kids aren't in school. He's like, hell no, they're not in school. <laughs> you know, he's like, learning more here. Good, you know, give this. And he's like making all these crazy things. He's pulling stuff apart, and and I was just dying laughing. Vance and I were cracking up watching this. So that was my one recommendation: is to go watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> and it's a musical, so just you have to deal with that part. But. uh the other, uh, the other thing I had was, uh, I know that all of us have thought about, you know, we watch these, these television shows about making and, and their quote-unquote reality shows, and I was even on one once, and, um, and they tend to have, uh, you know, that sort of air of television about them that we don't like, which is why a lot of us go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, I think it was Dave Pachuda that was talking about his, his dream television show would be to go around to people's shops and just work with them um, and show what they do. Well, there's a show out there like that, that I caught a couple episodes of on my local uh, PBS, and it's called uh, Craftsman's Legacy, and you can find it on craftsmanslegacy.com. The link is in the liner notes, um, and it's a guy. He's a motorcycle builder, I guess. I only saw two episodes, and I was on cold medicine, <laughs> but uh, it was pretty well done. It still had some errors of television about it. Um, you know, there's some of the sort of typical type TV things that I thought were a little unnecessary, but it was the closest thing I've ever seen on television to what we're doing on YouTube. Uh, and I love the direction that they're going with it. I, just the two episodes I saw, there's a bike builder and like this furniture designer guy. And, um, and so he just goes in, he introduces himself and they, they talk about what, you know, he, the, the featured guest talks about what he's doing and then they make something together and he shows... The, you know, this guy, you know, our age, like his 40s or whatever, this older, more skilled craftsman sort of shows what he's doing. And mm-hmm. like, well, this is why I do this and that. And the guy's got him routing stuff or welding stuff. And it was just like really cool. It was like, it was, you know, a PBS show. So it was not stupid, you know? And uh, <laughs> and it was it was just like super nice to see. So I would recommend checking it out. And um, maybe we'll, you know, if this show is successful, maybe it's going to, Maybe it'll help television like kind of open its eyes and ears to what's going on out here, and also help people that are watching television open their eyes and ears to what we're doing on YouTube. You know, for sure. Well, I want to apologize because that was not that weird. Oh, no, I think, chitty, it, chitty I think it was kind of weird. No, that was weird. <laughs> I think it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, it's no, okay, it was, but it was weird. It was just my. I'm watching the movie like cracking up. I'm like calling my wife. I'm like, look at this, look at this. You know, and she's just like, you're gonna recommend that on the podcast, aren't you? I'm like, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great idea. <laughs> So, you know, on the same vein, have you guys ever seen the original Dr. Doolittle? Uh, oh, no. Was that also Don Knotts? No, that was uh, a British actor. I can't remember who it was. Um, but it was around the same time as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So it was Flubber. Flubber, the Flubber. original Flubber was Flubber. Uh, yeah. back in that day. But yeah. I, I had somebody tell me that with all the animals I have and the bearded dragons that I'm, um, I'm like Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, you know, the, the other thing with, with, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang too was like the, the whole premise of the, of the movie besides the inventions and stuff was that he was trying to save these kids from being stuck in these like doldrums life. They're basically being imprisoned and stuff. And he's like trying to free them from the education system or the, or the system that was in place and stuff. So I was just cracking up. It was just, it was just like, oh my God, this is my life story. You know? Yeah, that is funny. Well. Yeah. I gotta say, I want to watch it again. In fact, we, it's got to be on Netflix, so it, it oh, should happen. Really? Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't think it was. We had to get it from the library, so oh. just go to your library. Well, that then. sucks. Yeah, you know, you can actually get really good movies at the library for free. It's uh, we never rent them anymore. Okay, let's know. focus. I, okay. I haven't rented a movie in 
years, but oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's focus. Oh yeah, podcast that's what we're doing. Okay, let's uh, let's tighten it up here. Oh wait, wait, wait. Speaking of podcasts, hold on real quick. Just again, um, 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 uh, Geek Captain. Makers. What? Uh, oh man, oh, yeah. see, I was. They had their first podcast, so let's let's check it. Making Geeks. Oh yeah, uh, check it out. They had their they had their first episode. Check it out, you guys, everybody. We love those guys, Sean, Josh, Wes, and the other guy. (laughs) I love you guys so much. Our channels on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Phil Pinsky on YouTube. I am Jake and Emmy's dad. Uh, Bill, do you want to plug your stuff? Uh, Just William Lutz. You can find me. Okay, Tim. Tim Sway uh, on YouTube and uh, Tim Sway pretty much everywhere else. Okay, great. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, comments. You can uh, hit us up by email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or Twitter at reclaimedaudio. On iTunes, please leave us a review. It would really, really help in getting us uh, heard by more people and in growing this podcast. We really appreciate it. And patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. We'd really appreciate your support and your help in continuing to keep this uh, podcast on the air. So uh, unless anyone has anything else to say... Thanks, guys, and have a great week. Yeah. Bye, everybody. All right, be good. Thanks, guys.